just wanted to include that because because it was a nice noise. Hello, Hoshkeldinis. Welcome to the second Drawing Core podcast. It's very exciting. If this is your second Drawing Core podcast, then welcome back to the drawing. It's fucking great. Thank you for coming back. If it's your first one, that's also fucking great. Thank you for joining us. Just so as you know, first episode, I tried to explain what the concept of this podcast is. So if you fancy that, go back and give it a go. If you don't really care, that's also great. Welcome, whoever, however, why ever, you're here. You are welcome. How are you? I hope that you're well. And if you're anything less than well, I hope you're taking care of yourself. How was your week? I hope that you have something or some things to uh, look back on and be like, yeah, that was a thing. Whether it was having good crack with your friends or having some good time for yourself, eating a good pizza, reading a good book, or I don't know learning something new I hope you had one of those moments if you didn't do it next week the next week is all for you whole coming seven days are for you to enjoy so please do that and have a good week Um, this is this is a this is a podcast I've got a new uh, way of telling you what it is it was good uh, because I spent like 15 minutes trying to explain it last week can't do that all the time um, so I like this uh, this first line of explanation that I have um, which is um, like a long like a friend leaving you a long voice mes- message uh, a friend who's excited to leave you a long voice message voicemail whatever the fuck a friend who is excited to leave you a long voicemail. That's more or less what I'm going for. But to explain what that is, I've got I've got a new sentence. Are you ready for this? The Drawing Core podcast is a radical DIY conversational space about how we relate to ourselves, to others, and to the world especially interested in creativity and culture. How's that? I think that sounds quite good. It's kind of... Bam! Yeah! It's got to be a bit wanky, you know? It's difficult to write something that bigs up your your creative effort, I think. Um, but that's more or less what I'd like it to be. So that's what I'd like to be able to use to explain it. This word, radical, I talked about it last week as well. I'd like to go into that more. That'll be another topic for another podcast to explore what that word really means and why it's so important to put it there at the front of uh, 
yani what this podcast is. So, it's a new day, it's a new podcast. What should we talk about? We're going to let things flow, as we talked about last week. And the idea was to talk this week about Taoism and Winnie the Pooh. Taoism is a, a kind of ancient philosophy. Ancient? What po- at what point does something become ancient and what point is it just old? There's a question. Good question, isn't it? It's, it's, it's going back like... So it's 2,600 years, 2,700 years, something like that. And uh, uh, it's, it's sometimes compared to uh, Confucianism and, and Buddhist Buddhism as a kind of alternative to those two. Confucianism, uh, even going back further, it's a philosophy in, in China uh, that was very rule-focused. And Buddhism is... Uh, yani, I'm being very crude here. But Buddhism uh, is very ascetically focused, so kind of detaching yourself from things in the world because things in the world aren't uh, are kind of manifestations of suffering. Whereas the Tao, which means like the way, um, is about going with going with the flow. It's more about being. Um, I just mentioned Confucianism and Buddhism to, to reflect what Taoism is there. I'm not saying anything about those two philosophies. And uh, like I said last week, I'm not intending this to be very informative. It's just a way of starting conversation and making some interesting connections. So feel free to be part of the conversation and disagree with something or have another idea about something that I'm saying. <coughs> Don't take my facts very seriously, guys. Okay. Like you see there, you see there. I used the word guys. That, that, my friends, is a hermeneutical injustice because it's a it's a male coded word, right? And we use it uh, un, in an ungendered way. But then that asserts the dominance of the male gender over all genders, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And you can be like, yeah, but like, you know, we all understand, right? You just gotta, don't worry about it. But I I do worry about it. And I think it's cool to worry about it. I think it's cool not to police what you're saying, but to take care about what you're saying. And yeah, that's something radical, you know, to say... No, it's not okay to say it like that because, in fact, like if you if you break it down, this is what it does. And you don't have to be crashing the party or saying someone to someone they are sexist for using this. But you can just, like I'm trying to do now, saying to myself, "Yeah, try and don't use that because it's not the best word to use." I think in this context, I can very easily use friends. Hey, friends. I hope you feel like you're my friends. This is mainly a friend space. That would be nice. Maybe I can use that in the in the 
description of the podcast. It's a it's a friend space. Then that sounds like the space. What when people say like, if you've got no hopes of a of a romantic or a sexy relationship with someone, you're you're like in a friend space with them. And they say that they would they would say that in a, in a rather disappointed fashion, perhaps. Um, it has that connotation. You're like I'm 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 to- I'm totally up for romantic or sexy times with you. You know we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm not I'm I'm not totally up for it. I mean I'm not discounting it. You're not in a friend space to exclude the possibility of romantic and or sexy times. That's what I'm telling you. So Taoism, uh, spelt with a T, not a D. Um, oh, that sounded very teacher-like, didn't it? Fucking hell! It's spelt with, <laughs> it's spelt with a T, guys. Oh, I did it again. I said guys again. Oof. It's spelt with a T, friends. But it's pronounced Taoism. I've tried to make my. Uh, Taoist uh, um, research uh, complemented by a little bit of correct Chinese pronunciation. So, here, let's just go for um, uh, one of the one of the chapters in the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. That's that's my best best effort, guys. Oh my gosh. Did you see that? That's three times I've said guys and also explained why it's not a good thing to do. Oh, gotta, gotta, gotta watch out for that, friends. I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm not editing this podcast. I explained last week. I, I don't think sort of a principle of not editing means that this is a lot more honest and open and a lot more like going with the flow so that's what you get you get mistakes like that but i think practicing acknowledging your mistakes and talking about them so we can move past them that's something valuable right there so let's do that together here on the podcast in our friend space so one of the chapters from the Tao Te Ching is it's and I'm I'm using the uh, the version which is not translated but edited by Ursula Le Guin um, because I, I really like her. So this is chapter seventeen. It's called Acting Simply. True leaders are hardly known to their followers. Next after them are the leaders the people know and admire. After them, those they fear. After them, those they despise. To give no trust is to get no trust. When the work's done right, with no fuss or boasting, ordinary people say, oh, we did it. So, this is, this is, I mean, in any case, it's our starting point today for talking about Taoism. I didn't expect it to be, but it is. But it's a good starting point, right? So, simplicity. In the Tao of Pooh by Benjamin Hoff, where he can he uses 
Winnie the Pooh, it's a children's book. Uh, children's books, in fact, there are two books. Um, he uses that to illustrate principles of Taoism. Um, he talks about the uncarved block, which is Pooh. And um, he says, what does he say? He says, things in their natural simplicity contain their own natural power. Power that is easily spoiled or lost when that simplicity is changed. So this acting simply, and there's a word there, natural, that I want to come back to. But for now, let's focus on simplicity. So Winnie the Pooh, who is the main character of the Winnie the Pooh stories, is a bear of very little brain. That's what it says in the book, a bear of very little brain. Um, who acts incredibly simply uh, like very plain um, kind of slightly unthoughtfully or carelessly but uh, with fun and joy like a childlike ignorance almost like things just wash over him and he has a very uncomplicated and straightforward way of approaching with things so let's, 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 let's go for a bit of, of poo here so uh, in this uh, this is uh, say the house at Pooh Corner which is the second collection of uh, Winnie the Pooh stories I found this beautiful uh, like these books are like from 20s so nearly 100 years old but and this copy is, is not that old, but it's still from the 70s. And I, there was something very beautiful. I found it in a charity shop. And uh, it's in fact what made me go back to the Tao of Pooh and back to Taoism. This book is while we're all here today. You can't see it, but it's, it's very nice. It's red with, with gold uh, illustrations on the front. Anyway, this is from that book. So Winnie the Pooh is... Um, he goes round to see his friend Piglet. Piglet isn't at home, so he decides to go back to his own house. And then he's going to go and see a friend, another friend, Eeyore, and sing a song to him. So he hurried back to his own house, and his mind was so busy on the way with the song that he was getting ready for Eeyore, that when he suddenly saw Piglet sitting in his best armchair, he could only stand there rubbing his head and wondering whose house he was in. Hello, Piglet, he said. I thought you were out. No, said Piglet. It's you who are out, Pooh. So it was, said Pooh. I knew one of us was. He looked up at his clock, which had stopped at five minutes to eleven some weeks ago. Nearly eleven o'clock, said Pooh happily. You're just in time for a little smackerel of something. And he put his head into the cupboard. And then we'll go out, Piglet, and sing my song to Eeyore. Which song, Pooh? The one we're going to sing to Eeyore, explained Pooh. So I hope that gives you an idea of the... Yeah, the straightforwardness of the, of the Winnie the Pooh logic. It's super simple. And... This, this idea that the, the clock is stopped is really nice because it's always time for a bit of food for Winnie the Pooh. 
he doesn't have any uh, there's a nice bit of there's a nice story um if I can find that one I, I won't look for it now but he, he goes out and um he thinks to himself oh I'm gonna go and see Piglet and then he's like oh no I could go and see Owl oh, no I could go and see Eeyore no I could go and see and he sits there being very happy happily just being with himself and enjoy like enjoying the thought of his friends he could go and see until he ends up back at his own house just in time for a bit of food so this beingness like Pooh is just in the fucking moment you know he is in the now um, and you know what it reminds me of the fucking the ruler of the universe from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy so if you haven't enjoyed the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yet uh, this might spoil a little bit of it for you uh, so you can skip ahead if you want because they're, they're, it's, it's, not, you know, it's not that big, big a deal I think because the Hitchhiker's Guide is much more about the joy of the journey than the plot points but they, they're looking for the ruler of the universe and at the end of the last book I guess they find him the book is uh, the restaurant at the end of the universe they find the ruler of the universe and it's uh, kind of disappointingly it's just a man in a shack with a cat um, who is, uh, is it, I think it's a solipsist I'm not sure I think that's right someone who doesn't necessarily believe in the existence of anything outside his present immediate experience so his simple straightforward logic to me is super close to that of Winnie the Pooh so I'm going to play you a bit of that and maybe you can see the same kind of uh, simplicity at work in this the ruler of the universe listen said Zani I must ask you some questions all right said the man kindly you can sing to my cat if you like. Would he like that? said Zayford. You'd better ask him, said the man. Does he talk? said Zayford. I have no memory of him talking, said the man, but I am very unreliable. Zani pulled some notes out of her pocket. Now, he said, you do rule the universe, do you? How can I tell? said the man. Zani ticked off a note on the paper. How long have you been doing this? Ah, said the man, this is a question about the past, is it? Zani looked at him in puzzlement. This wasn't exactly what he'd been expecting. Uh, yes, he said. How can I tell, said the man, that the past isn't a fiction designed to account for the discrepancy between my immediate physical sensations and my state of mind? Zani Whoop stared at him. The steam began to rise from his sodden clothes. Do you answer all questions like this? he said. The man answered quickly, I say what it occurs to me to say when I think I hear people say things. More I cannot say. So, there you go. That was a, a little bit of the Hitchhiker's Guide. And, yeah, this, this character of the ruler of the universe... It's funny that this uh, chapter of the Tao Te Ching that I've read talks about leaders. 
because this is supposedly the leader of the universe and his uh, kind of qualification of leading which is also something uh, I, 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 something else I read about Taoism which I've now forgotten where it comes from but it's the idea that the person the only person suited to ruling is the one who doesn't rule like um, someone says uh, what is it huh yeah, the one should um, rule a kingdom as one would cook a small fish lightly. It's a kind of passivity and a simplicity and a rejection of an impulse to control. It's just going along with how things are. There's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> And there's a lot more that I'm looking at in front of me that I've written down, you know, like uh, a lot more ideas that came up and um, flesh that simplicity out a little bit. But let's come back to them, Yanni, because uh, I'm all for the short podcasts. Um. Okay, so... Let's, let's, let's read a story. I have a story for you. I promised a story last week, so I feel like I should definitely give it. And, um, this, uh, poo, the uncarved block, the uh, simplicity thing uh, from Benjamin Hoff. I, I said, I said to you I was gonna, I was gonna come back to nature. So, uh, when these, like a lot of this uh, discourse about Taoism comes, it comes up like that things should be in their natural way, or you should do things in their natural way, um, or in, or you should be in your natural state. And I think that nature and natural are very problematic words, or they can be, because uh, they can be used to kind of control and say what should happen, you know like saying homosexuality is not natural is a very obvious example and you can't it's difficult to argue with someone about what is and isn't natural because where do you take it from you know you take it from like the idea of the original thing like how people used to be or like how people uh, were before they were corrupted by capitalism or whatever but you know the world changes and things change and people change with it and some things from the original <laughs> the original state of uh, human are not desirable things and we've we've moved and flourished and uh, changed in beautiful ways so where do you take natural from in that situation but I think this uh, this impulse to use natural as a controlling way is a very, uh, we, sh we could we could maybe say Western linear mind, uh, where actions have to be done by a subject to an object. Like you always have to be acting upon something, and something always has to be the actor, as opposed to saying just uh, raining. Raining doesn't need an actor or an action. Raining just is. Um, 
And so, I think maybe a more helpful word to use than natural is, is perhaps my, my best idea is essential. Um, to try and, to try and come close to this idea that if we peel back all of the things, there is a beingness, a simplicity at the root of us, which is not so attached to what's going on or what happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future. It's not very controlling. It's more just being and letting things be, letting things wash over us. So with this in mind, as the fucking uncarved block, uh, I've written a story for you, friends. And it's called Uncarving the Block. And it's my, uh, it's my Taoist short story. So, we've talked a little bit about Taoism. We'll talk a little bit more about it later. But, uh, yeah. Let's have a story for now, right? <clears throat> I found a chisel made of nothing, and so I resolved to uncarve the block in my chest. I pushed the chisel inside me into the hole my anxiety made in my stomach, and I tore upwards with the nothing. Of course, it required much less effort than I had anticipated, the chisel made of nothing, and I fell off my cushion, which was luckily not far from the ground. From my upside-down vantage point, I watched my anxiety waddle away and join the outside traffic. I couldn't tell if it seemed resigned, perhaps it was completely unbothered by its extraction from my torso, but I was glad to see it go. I repositioned myself on the cushion. Looking down at my handiwork, I saw that the block was more whole now, a little more block-like. I dug my chisel in again and tried to work out the grief that severed my left arm from my chest. As I wiggled the chisel around rather amateurishly, I began to see sinews reaching out across the gap where my shoulder should be and my body reformed as it once was. My grief collected itself on my shoulder, preened its feathers, looked at me lovingly, and then took flight. It would be back, I knew, but at least it would have a shoulder to stand on. Considering how successful I felt at that moment, it was a bit disheartening to then see how much of me was still missing. Even though it had taken almost no effort to get to this point, and I knew it would be just as easy to uncarve the rest of me, I hadn't expected it to be such an extensive process. I was ridden with holes like a Swiss cheese, unfull of distrust, resentment, worry and attachment, as well as many other things. To be honest, I was rather a grand sculpture, let it not be said that I disregard the winds of the world for shaping me so beautifully. But those winds had torn away pieces that I wanted to put back, eroded parts of me that I simply missed. I was far from the uncarved block of my dreams. 
I thrust the chisel made of nothing into my leg, trying to reach a small legion of bitterness and judgement. But as I did, the chisel glanced unexpectedly off a piece of hope lodged in my bones, and I once again tumbled from my cushion. Probably I was too eager. Patience is a better quality with which to use a chisel made of nothing. My friends, concerned for my safety, as I had fallen while sitting stationary on a cushion on the floor twice in a short interval, removed my toolbox and hid it somewhere, believing it best that I take some rest before doing any more uncarving. It seemed wrong for me to intervene in their intervention, and besides, I have since found out that there are many chisels made of nothing lying around. You just need to look through the holes in your body to find them. There's a story. Um, I'm going to leave it there because we're just getting to the uh, 30 minute mark and uh, there's still a song that I want to share. So, uh, feels very inconclusive, this podcast. Um, but I feel like I haven't exerted too much control over it. I've kind of gone with the flow. So I guess that, that was kind of the idea that I've been fucking talking about. So, yeah. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you came with me on that journey. And I hope it's something nice to be part of for half an hour um, please if you did enjoy it and you want to do a little thing to support me then just tell tell someone else about it ask someone to listen to it because that's that's the support I need at this point I just want people to hear it who might enjoy it and if you have anything to say about it I'd love to hear even if it's telling me what's wrong with it I mean that's great to hear so I know um I'm going to leave you with a song called The Tao of Now by Saul Williams because it's a song kind of about Taoism in a nice way. Saul Williams is a poet who is really fucking cool because, uh, I mean, he's really cool, but uh, one of the things that I really liked, uh, I saw him and he I saw him perform and he did an interview afterwards and he was talking about how things just evolve and like how nothing's original but things just change their forms and these traditions are so old and just like something about that really makes me excited about art especially written art to think that like everything we are all the language we use is just like drawing itself uh, from previous words that were laid out in history and that we've consumed and making those connections is just something very interesting to me so uh he this this fucking this song is actually uh, you know as opposed to last week where i asked sam if i could share his song i haven't sent saul a message because he's a big famous person and this song is also released on a fucking emi or something and i i am paying for a license to show this to, to share this with you so uh, listen to the Tao of Now by Saul Williams um, I'm going to play it now but just in case <laughs> if I have to cut it out later then uh, go and listen to it yourself 
and uh, I'll repost this podcast without the song so that EMI have got nothing to worry about. But I mean, it's like free advertisement for them, no? Uh, free advertisement for Saul. <laughs> advertisement. Oh, God. Publicity. Oh, that's not that much better, is it? Anyway, it's a nice song. I hope you enjoy it. And his poems are really nice. Like, check them out. Like, very powerful stuff. And a very strong figure in the rise of performance poetry in America in the last 20, 20 years or so. Um, I'm going to shut up now because it's just getting longer and longer and it's not what I wanted. Um, but I just can't help talking to you. I love you so much. It's really nice. Um, Take care, be nice to yourself, be nice to other people, uh, have a nice week, I'll speak to you again next week, I'm considering I prepared much more than I talked about this week, I've got no fucking idea what I'll talk about next week, but we'll see, we'll, we'll, we're in it together, we'll, we'll make something nice, I'm sure. Opiorum Sizi, Hadi bye bye. Children of the night, only some will star the sky, only believers in death will die, and fathers must feather the wings of women, for the unfeathered masses dangle ridiculous, carrying crosses to phallic-filled tombs, the future sells silence through blood-rivered wombs, that ripple with riddles of cows and spoons, and birds, moons, and earth, sun-centered at noon, and here I stand, Poor gesturing infinity, fetal fister for revolution But open hands birth humility now What is the density of an egoless planet? Must my spine be aligned to sprout wings? I'm slouched in the slings that tankango with gangbacks But my orbit rainbow Saturn's rings Mystical elliptical, presto polaris Comic flame future in Saturn's and Aries And now I'm a fish called father With gills type dizzy Blowing liquid lullabies through the spine of time I'm certain of Saturn's rivers And all else is fact So baptize me in the stars And wrap me in nighttime moon blue Pupil my sight with orange balls of light And echo my plight through the corridors of metaphor What else are we living for? If not to create fiction and rhyme My purpose is to make my soul rhyme with my mind over matter Minds create matter So spirit must be fiction, science fiction, art fiction, meta fiction. Unbound, heard the name of that mound, this stone 
mountain Underwater volcanoes erupt Water fountains of youth Let this carnally equation cancel out when in truth Throw me beyond sometimes, trench me waterproof Let eaves drop forever, rain sunsets on my roof As I sit on the front porch of my sanity Deciphering hand bones to Van Gogh's vanity Oiled egos, canvas and frame to be Reborn, unborn, unburied, unnamed A reflection through a blood-stained glass window Of souls gone yellow round the edges Carbonated dreams and blurred daily lives But let family be focused out of swamp blossom lotus The muddy water blue daughters of infinity Grant water body bodhisattvas our serenity As we rise with the tides towards divinity Yes, we rise with the tides towards divinity The muddy water blue daughters of infinity Grant water body bodhisattvas our serenity as we rise with the tides towards divinity yes we rise with the tides towards divinity yes we rise with the tides towards divinity now we rise with the tides towards divinity and we rise with the tides towards divinity cause we rise with the tides towards divinity